0: and welcome back this is the um super yacht radio i am speaking with joe hollier a cyber security insurance specialist cyber security insurance mm-hmm. talk to me tell well, me all about it what do you do
1: cyber security is a cyber security is a big broad stroke of a word, a word there uh I personally am an insurance uh, specialist. So for 13 years, I've worked in property and liability insurance. Um, One of the biggest reasons I got into insurance, Dave, and one of the biggest uh, passions I have about the industry is understanding where people have needs and trying to address those needs. Uh, Aside from being really interested in technology and understanding that, you know, we live in a world now where hacking is just an everyday conversation, or it's at least it's an everyday occurrence. And, and hackers find ways to get into systems. They find you know your weakest links, and often your weakest links are humans. In any business or organization or super yacht or crew, humans are typically the weakest link. And that being said, it really helped me turn my focus from writing standard property liability insurance to seeing that there's an enormous need for help in helping folks, businesses, and yacht owners, for instance, uh, become not just aware of cyber, but how to better protect themselves and become resilient. I'm going to use the word resilient because I believe at this point there's a ton of awareness. People understand that there's issues that they need to be aware of. They understand that there's certain things they shouldn't click on or certain information they shouldn't share or data privacy. Um, but what goes what happens after that you know what happens after that is how to become resilient and create a strategy to become resilient not just know that that exists
0: oh, my, my phone is on its thing I, say, I haven't turned off my phone which is rather silly of me um, oh, that's okay did, <laughs> did, there did, a delay. It, just interestingly um, today is actually the 30th anniversary of Um, the time when uh, the chap by the name of Tim Berners-Lee, or he's better known now as Sir Tim Berners-Lee. Have you heard of this gentleman?
1: Was he the gentleman that invented the Internet, the World Wide Web?
0: 30 years Mm -hmm. ago today, he submitted a a paper proposing the creation of the Internet. And he was interviewed um you know to, to mark the occasion and in his opinion uh he sees that the the internet is on a downward plunge to a dysfunctional future and um he, he makes three points and I, I raise these because i think they're uh, they tie into what you're saying here um the three things that he sees <coughs> excuse me um as a problem with the internet as it is and and looking to how it's going in the future. He's obviously a visionary man. Um, he says, one is the malicious activity such as hacking and harassment. Um, which is, as you say, it's becoming a lot more prevalent. And it's no longer just the stuff you see on Hollywood movies. It's you know, You've got the dark web, which exists, but not everybody knows about it. You've got Not just kids, but you've got governments um, set up with hacking teams that are hacking other countries or indeed hacking high net worth individuals, um, either to get information to blackmail them or to get information from a corporate espionage perspective. Um, He he mentions a few other things um, that, that I don't think are relevant. So yeah, tell me more about um, your your view on on basically the the risk that that yachts are faced with, and yeah, are they doing enough that's to Yeah, it's a great mitigate?
1: point. Um, it's a great point, and it's it. First of all, it's amazing to me. It's only been thirty years since the internet was established. Mm. Um, but that being said, um, you know we as I think we, as I'm just going to generalize, we as a society, we like uh, convenience. We like the internet to do just about anything we want it to do um, because it is very convenient. And we often um, will adapt a lot of convenience to, um, but also at the same time, sacrificing um, quite a bit of our privacy. So, can you hear me okay?
0: Yep, now I can hear you really good. Okay, just, that's uh, fine. Um, I had my, my, my mobile I on the studio desk here, situation. and I, I hadn't turned it off
1: <laughs> So, you know, the, the idea now is that there's so much technology and ability uh, for us to do things that are, are super convenient, but on, on the other side of the coin, all that technology is making it very easy for hackers to get information. And you know, there's there's preventative uh, tools and applications and software that can help keep hackers out of your personal information. However, going back to my comment a minute ago, uh, humans uh, remain and continue to be the, the weakest link. So now I see a situation where you know we have to move beyond awareness. We have to move beyond awareness so that. If you are truly being diligent about protecting your information, your systems, your operational systems, your navigation systems, your crew, your passengers, the assets of your super yacht, you need to have a strong plan to do that. And in, in conversations I've had recently with some other industry uh, folks, is in, in 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 recent you know months or years. Of, When it comes to cyber plans or cyber responsibility to protect uh, your asset or or the yacht, um, there's been a lot of finger pointing. So you're looking at owners pointing the finger at captains, captains saying, well, no, it's the responsibility of IT. Um, And, and, you know, so there's no clear, clearly defined leader to say, "Okay, this is what we need to do. This is what I'm delegating. And this is how we're going to have a resilient plan, because here's the thing. In order to craft a really well-run cyber, what I call resilience plan, it's not a one-time event, and it's not just one person's job. You have to have your whole team involved. There has to be a clearly defined leader who's going to establish who's responsible for what so that you know what your job is or you know what your role is in this plan. And there's going to be some things, there's going to be some hacker situations that you can prevent at that level, at the, at the person level. And there's some things, you know, here's the other side of it, too. You're not going to be 100 percent secure, no matter how well you plan or how great your strategy is. You never will be 100 percent secure. Hmm. So you, you outsource or you mitigate those risks to insurance where you say, you know what, if, if we are hacked, if a virus does get in and shuts down our systems completely, or ransomware comes in, and we have to pay a heavy fine to to get our systems back on board. Insurance is going to cover that, and that's really that's going to be a, a component of that plan. But what I'm really stressing here is is creating that plan. And what's what basically what I've established is just an opportunity. So you know what people need um, people need to understand ways to make this a little simpler. So that they can kind of craft their own journey. They can kind of map out, okay, how are we going to move forward in creating this plan so that we can become not only more cyber compliant, but also just understand what we should be looking for. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make a little comment here. I like to say it's hacker. You basically are creating a hacker plan. You know, cyber creates this real big, dark image of something that's so complex you can't understand it. So say in terms of hackers, people kind of can, a, can identify with that, well, and that's kind of a, maybe a long-winded answer to your question.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm good with long-winded. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've tuned in and listened to me speaking. Uh, I'm very comfortable with long-winded. <laughs> 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 um, in, in my view, uh, well, I'm, not in my view, but uh, let, let's let's look at the, the super yacht industry. I mean, they're there various opinions to where it starts Uh, traditionally it was 28 meters then it was 32 meters but now we've got the the scale of boats has has increased um, over the last 10 years to ridiculous size boats, uh, mega uh, giga yachts they're they're starting to name some of them Uh, but if we look at boats say from uh, 40 meters from say 40 meters up to uh, let's say sixty meters, which is probably that the thick end of the wedge in in terms of numbers of of boats in the super yacht classification. Beyond sixty meters, you it, it would be normal to see an ETO on a board, on board a boat. So uh, you'd normally have a crew member. I mean, it can start at fifty five, but let's just say sixty meters. Um, you have a a dedicated crew member who would be given the, the the position as ETO, and they would have the remit to manage all the IT and cybersecurity and all of that kind of thing from say forty meters up to sixty, uh, and and the sweet spot from, from in in my head is that kind of 47 meter to early 50s meter uh which is you know, the majority of boats w- would kind of come in on that they tend not to have a dedicated eto resource <laughs> and that's normally thrown at the engineer to take care of the amount of engineers who have Especially with Croatian accents, who've held up a spanner to say, "I came (laughs) on this boat to fix engines," and I, I I learned a spanner, not these little microcomputer screwdrivers for girls, whatever. Um, A a lot of the time that I, because I I used to work in IT section, I used to put in VSAT and IT networks. I, I would talk to captains about basic security awareness. You know, changing of passwords on a regular basis. If a crew member leaves, shh, change over your Wi-Fi codes. Just simple security measures. But when I talk to captains, the, the realization or the understanding of what is at risk. A lot of the captains will go, but I've nothing worth stealing. Therefore... Why do I need to go to all this trouble with firewalls and with that cybersecurity layer? Uh, oh, I, and I, I think it's twofold. One is that the salespeople coming into the industry to sell to the yachts they jump in with these these um, uh, like a NASA level. Um, equipment. It's it's mili- military grade. I'm so sick of hearing people saying, "Oh, it's military grade," and we will put this in because it, it it makes it makes the cybersecurity solution seem like such a big thing that needs to be adopted to the boat, where often it doesn't need to be a big thing. It needs to be a a robust firewall. It needs to be sensible strategies of rotating passwords, of managing your data, and that kind of thing. I don't know if you would agree with me, but I think for for your average boat, um, is there, uh, the point I'm getting to eventually, talking about hot air, (laughs) um, (laughs) the point I'm getting to is, are captains on super yachts Cognizant of what they have and the value of what they have on their systems to potential hackers.
1: Yes, and that's a great question, and I like the point you got to there.
0: Because Eventually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it built up
0: very politely um, said.
1: So, <laughs> so I think um, a couple things. One is you have a situation where. You have to kind of get out of the mindset that, as one individual, what is it that I have that's worth taking, or can worth being hacked into? Um, and and to your point on the ETOs, um, you know, there are folks that are heavily trained in IT. However, it takes more than him, somebody just monitoring IT to make sure the crew is doing the right things. their fault, the response. Abilities. So when you look at a hack, and why and why super yachts, right? Why mega yachts? Because number one, they are a very high target for hacking. You're looking at a situation where, as a hacker, the perception is this this organization, this person, this owner, or this crew has a very large asset that they at their disposal. And you have to understand too. A lot of times, hackers do things maliciously to a either get some kind of bounty, uh, a B, to cause damage, to ruin a system, to run you off course, to put you in a place where you're uh, in very, very vulnerable and can also, you know, can also um, harm, harm individuals or even kill people if it's, if it's mishandled. So it's not so much what can one person stand to lose, it's how big of a situation can be created. If somebody does get in, because I, I know I, I get I get constant information on this person at you know, thousand people breached. Um, and, yeah, you might have some data within the super yacht system that's personal and relevant. But when you're looking at things like fund transfers, you know, ransomware, where you have, um, let's say, one crew member opens an email and accidentally or something that might look like um was for somebody they trust. That email gets through, that virus gets through, that virus may lay dormant for six months and nobody would recognize it. And what, what it may be doing is monitoring all the communication between owner, captain, CFO, CTETO, and it adapts the language of that specific vessel. And within time, it could start creating its own email address, which looks really similar. It might be one letter or one number off from somebody you normally get email from, and they'll send you an email, or they'll send a CFO an email, or they'll send a captain an email regarding money transfer. And one of the biggest issues I find with especially uh, traveling, and, and there's large sums of money going from one port to the next, or you know one country to the next, is people, humans, getting duped or tricked into sending money to a hacker's bank account. And it sounds like it would be something easy to d- to, um, to deter, or I mean, I'm sorry, to to recognize. But it, they, they, they're so good at it. There's so, so, uh, so much involvement in, in learning how to get into backdoors and hack into systems when it seems like you have the best security available. You know, talking about this military-grade uh, security systems. Yes, those are, those are fantastic, and those do a lot to prevent. Um, but even still, you know, as I'm speaking – there's new ways being figured out on how to break into systems. You know, there's there's a very dark side of the web that sells strategies, that teaches classes, that does everything we do to prevent it. But they're teaching people, hackers how to get in and create illegal activity. And you talked about, you know, those situations. So we're talking about business interruption. You're talking about, okay, if your system goes down and suddenly you've got passengers or a crew and you're not know which direction you're moving in or or systems aren't working properly the ship could be potentially capsized and there are malicious hackers that go out specifically to capsize ships so there's a lot more to it than what would they gain just from the data it would what can they kind of position can they put us in the hackers put us in to where we're going to be on the hook for lives safety or a large sum of money so that's that's really kind of the, the the globe in which i look at it
0: so you've got different hackers with different agendas they're not just looking for passports that you have uh, scanned on your files They they can be putting viruses in there that lie dormant just watching and monitoring what you're doing learning from it and so for example um you see if i if i'm right on this um sorry for example if um Let's say I'm a captain on a boat, and I regularly deal with my management company. And um, let's say I get an email regularly with John, who's the financial guy in mymanagementcompany.com. And uh, I suddenly get a an email from John with two O's at mymanagementcompany.com, or I should say, actually, the the. the, the um, domain name would we'll probably have a li- something different in it. John at mymyymanagement.com asking me to transfer money to this account. The email looks right. The name looks immediately familiar to me. And in a blink of an eye, I go, okay, I'll uh, I'll send 10, 20,000 uh, to that account. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's very common, Dave. And that's exactly how it happens. It's They they copycat the okay. language patterns so that when you read the email, this is just one example, but you read the it's email a, a and it reads, it reads in the voice of that person that you normally get emails from because they've studied the patterns in which you speak.
0: So if, uh-huh. if I have a nickname um, for you like, hey, complex, Bozo, man. how you doing? Um, they could right. mimic that and go, oh, you know, uh, that, that's my mate, John. And uh, where they go, because I I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm a techie. I've been in the industry for ages. But when I think of uh, being hacked, I think of it as an immediate thing with uh, with an immediate um, uh, 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 effect. I've been Mm -hmm. hacked. Therefore, now my systems are going screwy. I've been hacked now. Things are very funny, or my emails, but it—it's not—it's not necessarily the case. It, I can be hacked, and just not be aware of it for months. Yeah. And yeah. I
1: mean, you could. You're right. It could. You could. You could get hacked. You could have another that one. One super yacht that gets hacked, and for strictly for ransomware, and saying, you know what, you you have to pay us seventy-five thousand dollars for us to um, reboot your system. Okay. Um, and then that they could jump to the next you know yep. the next yacht 100 meters away <laughs> and do it again so there's all these things can happen very quickly um or on the phone on the opposite end of the spectrum they can lay dormant for months getting to know how each person on that boat speaks to each other uh through emails and communications and what's a normal wire transfer request you know there was one wire transfer recently i saw hacked i think it was for 250 thousand dollars. and you're talking about you know People just let their guard down for a minute. I'd be rushing to read an email, you know, or you know, or, or you know, and you know, there's there's ways to thwart that.
0: It's funny. It's the Which irony is every day,
1: every the, day it happens.
0: The irony in in this industry is that what would ring probably more alarm bells is seeing a request to transfer five hundred dollars in opposed to five hundred uh, thousand. Right. Uh, I don't know from doing IT work. Um, there were times that and I've seen with other people they'll go in too cheap for uh, to do a job and actually they'll get refused on it because well if it's too cheap it can't be that good and there's almost yeah. a mindset of unless it costs a lot of money so they're used to do, dealing with, with big sums of money and, right. uh, and, and of course on top of that you've got the FISing side to it as well where the web pages are displayed, and and you think you're logging into your bank account, and and you're not. What about social engineering?
1: That's a great point. That's a What's great it? point because you you could have that situation where um they might rep a bank account that you go to on a regular basis, and where the username and password is uh, uh can be the, the place where you they, they, you put you you're entering their username and password to get into their account versus your own. And that's that's another great uh, example of how you can be duped because something looks or appears as it normally would, you know, in your normal course of business.
0: Yeah, no, I had a friend who got done for that, and he, he was in a hurry, he got an email saying you have to go in and change your password or something. He hurriedly did it, and he was hurrying because he was getting in an airplane. And as he was getting off the airplane, he turned his mobile on, and he started getting these email notifications of all the transfers going out of his account. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for- fortunately, they were transferring it within the, the bank itself to another account. So they were able right. to get his money back, but uh, very easy done. Years and years ago, when I was a young man, let's just think of that for a moment. <laughs> years and years ago, <laughs> there was a, a, a TV show in England called Parkinson. And it was, uh, it was a great show, he's a fantastic presenter, and he would have different people on, um, could be rock stars or you know, people who, who tended to be in, in, either in the media or in showbiz or in the news or whatever. And he, he invited one guest on, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the name, I think it was David Mitney or Mitnick. And he was the most wanted FBI guy at the time. This is back in the, I think in the 80s, late 80s, -hmm. early 90s. He was the most wanted FBI guy um, hacker at the time. The FBI did catch him and they gave him a choice of uh, prison or come work for us. Funnily enough, he chose the latter. (laughs) And um, he he wrote a book about hacking and Parkinson invited him on to discuss it uh, and discuss his book. And one of the things Parkinson said to him, he said, "Um, uh, when I think of hacking, I I think of Hollywood movies. I think of uh, some kid in his mom's basement with... Screens all over the place, and he's chunking code. and You see the code going down, and he breaks in surreptitiously. And uh, what this guy I've got to say his, his name was Dave McNick because I can't remember, I think it was that. Um, <laughs> what he said, and and, and the, 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 the 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 whole emphasis on his book was that it's not just that, yes, he said there are those kind of hackers who tunnel in through, um less secure systems but that wasn't what he did he said what i do is i'm a social engineer and uh, so parkinson's like well what do you mean by that so he he said "Look, uh, basically i engineer people to give me the information i need in order just to access your system without doing some surreptitious uh, penetration and uh, he said to parkinson would you like me to show how this works so, with Parkinson's permission, they brought out a phone. Back in those days, there was no, um, yeah. You know, this was a phone with a cable attached to it. They brought the phone out onto the stage, and wh- what he agreed with Parkinson was that he would phone up. Um, I won't mention the name of the company because I think that would be unfair. But the the main telephone company in England at the time. Most people can figure that one out. And um, <laughs> what he said, look. Let Let me phone up, and I will get a piece of information off your account. I'll find out. i'll I'll get the balance of your your next phone bill if that's okay. So he agreed. And just two two or three phone calls, he was able to phone up and find this, you know, uh, gets, get on to somebody. I said, oh, look, I'm, I, I want to talk to somebody in accounts, but can you tell me who's the nice person in accounts they're going to deal with? Because I've been on before and I got this nasty for Oh, you want to talk to Jackie? So then he phoned back and uh, he said, oh, could you transfer me to Jackie? And made it an internal call and then pretended to be the IT guy and yada, yada, yada. Within five minutes, he had got the information that he needed, Purely from manipulating the system, talking to the right people, and you know, doing it that way. Is that still a problem? Is social engineering a big risk in, in cybersecurity? And, and if so, how do you mitigate against that? <laughs> Excuse
1: me. Absolutely. Uh, social engineering is probably stronger than it and it ever has been. I mean, it's, you know, it started with, and I've seen videos similar to the one you described, where somebody will make a call, a hacker, you know, mm-hmm. on, on, as far as an experiment will make a call, and within a minute or two, get the credentials, username, password that they were looking for to get into a bank account or a health record. And um, so that, I mean, it's, it's very prevalent now. In fact, it's probably the biggest uh, threat to cyberspace right now is as people being duped into giving information, um, willingly or, or, or being tricked into giving mm-hmm. information and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of social engineering, which is, you know, just to clearly, I mean, to, to simply define it, it's just tricking someone into giving you personal information or username, passwords, or your ATM pin. Um, and it sounds like something that we would all be cognizant of if it were happening to us, but they're so savvy, hackers are so can be so savvy in the way that they get this information. And like you just described, they may go through three or four people, three or four channels to get that end piece of information. Uh, but they figure out ways to do it, and we, um, and never, be, never, never seen before numbers are giving up that information, um, even though we're aware of it. So I'm going to jump back to what I kind of started with when we started talking. Um, there's awareness; we know that's going on. And then to your question, how do we prevent that? And that awareness has to be that resilience has to be created through really teaching every person who has potential for any kind of information to know what to do in the protocols. I mean, there's there's vulnerability tests you can administer in, in, in an education program um, for cybersecurity. There's penetration testing. There's phishing emails. You can identify, okay, what, what are the weakest links in our human chain that are going to, A, potentially click on a link because this link looks real. Are they willing to click on this because they think they know what it is? Or let us show you find factors on how to recognize uh, um, a hacker's email versus a real email. you know, And simple things like looking at the email address can can be a, a red flag. A lot of times if it's from somebody who looks legitimate, uh, and you, you might look at the email address and that might be the first sign that it's not who you think it is. It's not your bank actually asking you to update your bank info, that it's somebody who's trying to hack into your system. And there's different aspects of social engineering. That would be like phishing, where they would send out a broad email campaign just to see who clicks on it. You know, they only need one person for it to work. Um, or there's spear phishing, where they might specifically be targeting a CFO or an ETO or somebody who's got responsibility that they keep going after that one person. You know, there's there's water holing, which is another aspect of it, which gets you to. To, to go to a website that you might think is a real website, but turns out not to be and pulls all your data, all your, all your private information off from there. So, but, you know, to answer your question in order to get to a point where you are not becoming a victim as much, like I said, it's going to be impossible to say you're going to be able to thwart any social engineering, every in any social engineering attempt. But, to get to a different level, a different tier, you have to have that cyber resilience plan in place. People have to know what their responsibilities are. They have to be trained up on how to recognize those threats when they when they keep coming in. Because you know, if you and I looked at our systems right now as we're speaking, I guarantee you, since we've been in conversation, there's somebody's tried to hack into something we're doing. And it's just ongoing. It's ongoing. You have to you have to be cognizant of that, but you have to also be resilient and you have to be part of that plan with having a strategy is that you're creating diligence you're creating people who are responsible to keep this plan diligent you know it's not a one-time thing it's not well we put this great firewall in today we should be good it's always monitoring what's going on you know besides passwords and then changing those types of things it's always being aware of what's new what you could see this week and that 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 requires some planning and and some effort so it's that's it's not easy but it's talking about it not going to be enough. There needs
0: to be an actionable plan. What well, would, would you say? Yeah, we've been speaking there for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. Um, you said it's, chances are that somebody's been trying to hack either you or, or myself. I take it that they're not focused uh, on you or me, as in spearfishing, as you said, but is this, is this kind of a background thing where there's like a bot going around just hitting on IP addresses, seeing if there's an open... Port or yes,
1: something. yes. And that's that's a much broader type of phishing campaign. And the cool thing about as as hackers continue to evolve, cyber tools continue to evolve, the services you can find continue to evolve. You know, some of the insurance products that I write offer free services like phishing emails where they will you can pick out you can send uh, you know the same phishing email to your whole staff and you can determine which one of those or which group of those people clicked on that email. And that's that right there is, is a good good first indication of who might be your weakest link in, in your staff. Um, but, yeah, it, it's ongoing where, you know, we're just going to keep getting phished. They, they're looking to see. And so many people, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that are bad hackers or malicious hackers. And they're going to buy these. There's programs. There's malware you can purchase on the dark web to send out a big phishing campaign. And, you know, like I said, you only need one person to be successful if you're a malicious hacker. Uh, so they're going to send it to you know ten thousand people and see if one person clicks
0: on it. and how big is this dark web? I, I hear of it. It's not the kind of thing <laughs> I've ever gone to Google because I figure as soon as I Google it, I'll have the FBI coming down in helicopters <laughs> on top of me I in the, the you know.
1: same vein. I'm in the same vein as you are. It's a, it's it's I don't want to I don't want to be affiliated or, or go looking for yeah. it because I don't <laughs> want people to start following me because they, they know a lot more about hacking than I do. Uh, but it's, it's it's much bigger than I think we realize. And, um, you know, when you say dark web, you, you, I, the real the, kind of the way I equate that is people that are looking to do bad things um, have access to tools to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even know where to go to get on dark web. But that, that I know wasn't it's out there, I know it's prevalent, and I know it's.
0: Yeah, I'm not trying uh, to catch um, you out here. Don't worry. <laughs> that's
1: okay. That's okay. You're gonna burn this video as soon as I get off, right? Uh, no, but it's uh, it's a great question. But it, I, but I know it's prevalent, and I know it's you know just like there's an Amazon for our everyday needs. There's like an Amazon for malware and purchasing things, teaching classes on how to dupe people and how to take advantage of people and how to go after certain targets. And that's that. That to me is an astounding thing, but absolutely believable. Um, So, you know, you're talking about thousands of people right now that are probably fishing us and and many others as we speak.
0: Uh, Do you have any idea how, how, I mean, has anybody sized um, in in monetary terms how big the problem is? How how much is extorted from people on an annual basis in America, say, or um, globally? There was an
1: infographic, yeah, there was an infographic that I saw, I have to pull it up. and it wasn't just, uh, um, it wasn't just maritime or marine, it was worldwide. But, you know, you're talking about, um, in fact, let me look for it while I'm talking to you. But I can tell you this, the average, the average attack, the average hacking attack on a, the organization or business, or you know, I'm, I would say, in general, the average hacking attack used to run about $800,000 in expense between forensics, having to notify everyone, getting the system back this on board. This is per board. company. how's uh, that?
0: This is per company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that has gone up to over $1.6 now, the average attack. Now, let me clarify. Um, in a lot of cases... Um, a good amount of that expense goes to um, the amount of accounts that were breached. So, say it's a, a bank or a CPA firm who has maybe you know hundreds of thousands of P- of individuals' personal information, social security numbers, addresses, things like that. The average expense to notify just to notify, because you know if you're as a company, as an organization, if you're if you're breached, the first thing you have to do to be in compliance with regulations is to notify everyone who might have potential touch to your organization who might have who might have had their data breached the the normal expense per record of a data breach is $200 per record so you're talking you know if you have 500,000 records that's $10 million in expense just mm-hmm. for notification
0: and that $200 um, I mean that's a, that's that's not just for the stamp is it?
1: It's, it's just the standard on the process of notifying someone that they've had a breach to help them with services, you know, because a lot of times you're, you're going to try to protect an organization. You should be at least trying to protect their data from that point moving forward to help them repair and recover their information. But, you know, when you start weighing out all the cost of doing all these aspects of notifying and, and, and putting them in a better spot, uh, they said right now it's about $200 per record. Um, I apologize. I'm trying to find that. But I think I want to say it was about... Maybe 800 billion in losses last year, but let me I'm going to look for that while we continue to talk
0: So if if you take I mean I I know from our industry um, There are obviously boats that will uh, Let people know or or they will Notify that yes, we've had a breach and this has happened, but there are um, a percentage that will say nothing because yeah, you know, if you're a charter boat, uh, it could reflect badly, and you it may affect your your future charters, and um, also for the for the image of the boat and the owner, they they may not like to announce it. Now we're talking about private vessels, so we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of customers, and you know they will take action afterwards, but do it very quietly. So would it be fair to say that if the figure was eight hundred billion on an annual global? There's got to be an additional, I don't know, twenty, thirty percent of unreported incidents or incidences where people just aren't aware that they actually have lost uh, financially, but they're just not aware of it. Would that be fair to say?
1: That is fair to say, Um, and that's that's dead on on the nose because you're looking at in a lot of cases. cyber attacks do go unreported and um, the reason being primarily is for reputational harm you know what is me what, by admitting that I that might that I was our system was weak enough to be attacked or breached makes me look bad it shines a poor light on what I do here my business and, and for that exact reason um, a lot of folks won't come forward to say hey this is the situation that happened there's a component Um, That I really have done a lot of uh, research on and I'm trying to determine how it can be valuable and useful with the super yacht uh, landscape, which is cyber threat intelligence. It's it's, it's called CTI, cyber threat intelligence. It's just basically a platform where people are able to share in real time something that could be suspicious, activities, an attack. Um, it's going to be hard to maneuver through that because you're going to have a lot of folks that aren't going to want to share information, but it's kind of one of these um, one of these equations where you need to sacrifice a little bit to get more in return to protect yourself so that if you know nearby vessels had suspicious activity, you're on alert. You can you can call uh, maybe a certain level of alertness to an aspect of what's going on, uh, but that that threat intelligence can only be successful the more data it receives on ongoing real-time threats. Um, so, yes, you do run into a brick wall, and it is fair to say that because of reputational harm or what it might do to the business or the charter business, uh, having having owners or captains admit to um, taking their eye off the ball for a minute uh, resulted in some kind of uh, breach, um, they just assume you know sweep it under the rug. But that's only covering up themselves for a minute. Um, And um, whereas, you know, a bigger, broader uh, value would be to share that information uh, because, you know, I think we're moving towards a, a, a time now where, as when we can have all that information to share with each other, as long as the intentions are good, we can really grow and protect ourselves better. If everybody keeps it to themselves, we have a much less, much more foggy idea of what's occurring. Because you know
0: fun. what's going on, and you don't know how to size the problem.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's you know it's definitely in the in the hundreds of billions of dollars we're talking about, the amount of money that's been paid out or expenses that have occurred um, when it comes to being hacked. And that that is just continuing to grow uh, year uh, in year out
0: we we we've, we've been chatting up to now about cyber threat and cyber security that the bit I really want to talk to you about is um, is the insurance side which not many people do talk about but we're about to hit the top of the hour do you, do you have time to stay with us and come back after the news and talk a little bit I about do, the insurance i do i do absolutely I'm so relieved yes, because we we haven't actually got to the point where I wanted to get to because.
1: <laughs> well, no, I think all of, all of this is relevant information, and before we go, um, before we sign off, I do want to share um, just a site that I, that I, I'm working to establish now, which just gives people information that you know where to go and and try to absorb that. It's not just one person; that it is a strategy, it is a plan, and part of that plan can be insurance. So it's just understanding where you need to go if you want to take action and to move beyond just being aware of the cyber issues.
0: Great. Right now, we're going to go to the news. And welcome back. This is the Super Yacht Radio. I am speaking with Joe Hollier, a cyber security insurance specialist. Fascinating discussion just before the news about cyber attacks and the cost of cyber attacks to companies and um, the methods that uh, hackers employ to get your information, to get your data, to get your money, and to get whatever other nefarious things they want to grab hold of. Joe, thanks for sticking with us.
1: My pleasure. Great to be here. Fun conversation today, Dave.
0: Yeah, it is fascinating. It's uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Uh, There's an awful lot I, I thought I knew. Um, you've you've broadened my my knowledge hugely on this subject.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, That's great news. <laughs> I'm going
0: through my head thinking: oh, Have I updated all my my security stuff? Have I have I done this? <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I, I, I meant to mention, but one of the things you you said was about those attacks where the software goes in it it it, it lies do- dormant. It monitors your traffic, your emails, monitors the conversation and the tone of conversations you have with people. And then when it's ready, it creates an email in a tone that you're familiar with. Ostensibly, it seems to come from a person you're familiar with, but the the email address might be slightly different. One of the things I know on on my system, when I get an email, if if I get an email from you, it'll come up saying Joe Hollier, but I won't necessarily... See the email address unless Mm. I click into your name, copy it, and then paste it into a Word document. Then it exposes the actual email address to me. So depending Mm. on what email clients, you may not actually see the real email address. You may just see the name. In this case, Joe Hollier. But you know, in order to for me to to verify that that's actually your address, I have to take a separate action, and it's uh, yeah, I have to watch out for that.
1: That's good. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because, you know, a lot of the times that will depend on the email service that you work with, um, the provider. There's other companies now, email um, companies that are address companies that offer encrypted email or more encrypted email to where they're more in tune with how to recognize things and provide you more information potentially on where who the senders are and if it's potentially spam or hacker and you know cause in fact it was a while ago but somebody told me if you're still using a gmail account you're you're just keeping yourself wide open to being hacked and you know i use gmail forever and um so I've, i'm moving on to a, a more secure encrypted email service so that um at least that part of it i know what's coming in and what's going out is better protected and um can maybe give me a heads up that I might be, maybe wasn't going to get from Google or something else along that line. So, um, But you should, should have a service provider that gives you that information. You should be able to see the email address uh, because that's you know that's your first line of defense right there. Hmm. It's
0: actually, I, I knowing who you're talking to. On the, to the insurance side because uh, when we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago before you went to Mardi Gras. Nice, nice cue. I, I, was, I was so eager to get to talk to you, I forgot to push the don't play music while we're talking button, you started to tell me about insurance and uh, how companies or boats or yachts can insure themselves against the potential loss how does that work? bring me to the world of insurance
1: yes and it's um, it's about as dark as cyber is itself uh, for a long time (laughs) Well, no, but the, here's the thing: it, it, there's brighter days, you know. We're it's evolving like anything. Um, and insurance, you know, insurance in general is an industry that is slow to the race. You know, they 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 they're based a lot of times in traditional models. They don't they don't want to write coverage for things they can't measure. Um, and cyber, being what it is, it's dark. It's intangible. You Can't put your finger on it. Uh, you don't know where it's coming from. Uh, it's still to be determined how big it's going to get or how, you know, this we're talking about attacks and types of strategic attacks that change on an ongoing basis. So the metrics on that are just, you know, mind boggling. It's hard to wrap your, hand, your head around how do I model for a cyber risk when I have no idea what the hacker is going to do. Um, so with that being said, that puts insurance carriers and companies and underwriters in a, in a weird position of how do we write coverage for for things we can't anticipate? You know, um, it's one thing for a fire or wind, you know you know how to react and how to cover for that. But when you're talking about hackers and breaking into systems and, it, you know, you don't want to keep it open-ended because, I mean, that's, you know, it can get really messy really quick. But that being said, there are folks and some that I've met in the last few months that have been traditional underwriters for Lloyds of London and Travelers and, and other agencies that, have start, started to determine, there's ways to stack policies with certain coverages. Now this is gonna be an evolving policy form, but they've taken on that, that, that responsibility of saying, you know what, here are all the things that we know is happening right now. Here are all the threats that we're aware of. Situations, and they can be categorized, and I won't bore you with all the policy details, but there are categories and causes to which you see different types of cyber attacks, and more importantly, the loss that results from those kind of attacks. You know, the biggest thing, like talking about the fund transfer, mm-hmm. the, the transfer of funds getting taken by somebody who duped you. You know, there's coverage for that. There's coverage for business interruption. There's coverage for forensics. If you get if you get breached and you got to bring in forensics experts to not only once stop the hemorrhage, stop the bleeding, but try to recover what's been lost. Um, that's a five hundred dollar an hour expert you're talking about when you're talking about forensics for cyber attacks. So those are those are expenses that add up quickly. So that's the kind of things I think as part of your cyber plan, you want to have that coverage that coverage layer there, so that you know if somebody does get through. Yeah, we have all the, we have a great plan in place. If somebody does get through the back door, and our boat goes down. Or I'm looking at lost clients. You know, reputational harm. What we talked about There's coverage to reimburse for those losses that wasn't there before, you know, for, for years, what you saw in cyber insurance coverage was kind of like an endorsement, a little added piece to a liability policy that may have given you a little bit of policy limits for a data breach, but that might've just been the expense of, um, you know, acknowledging it and trying to get your system back up and running. It didn't cover cost for notifying all the people that were affected it didn't cover your business interruption it didn't cover you know um, how to how to how to potentially get all that data that could be it's seemingly gone back into your system if possible and Ooh. if you can't get it back paying the resources to put it back into your system you know you're gonna have to get all this stuff back so um, long story short there's layers and stacks of covers that have been created that are that can that can identify and then address um, very specific losses well, now
0: in our industry the people who own the boats, tend to fall into the category of either rich or famous or both. Given a scenario where a hacker gets into, say, a super yacht system and manages to get to, say, the owner's personal computer and possibly retrieves from that uh, information that could cause um, embarrassment uh, or or, damage their reputation, can you insure against that kind of loss? Because that's a very intangible thing. Yeah. Let's say that, I'm, uh, I'm a rock star, a very famous person, and the hacker uncovers information about a clandestine affair, or perhaps photographs that um, could cause embarrassment if they were leaked out. Uh, how do you how do you mitigate it? How, how do you insure against that? And what how do you value that kind of loss? Yeah,
1: and that's. That's you do, you've done your homework. I love the questions you're asking today. Oh, these are just off um, the top of my
0: head. <laughs> no, these, are great,
1: these are great. So yeah, absolutely. You know that falls under. You know, it could fall under a litany of, of categories, but you know, libel, or slander, or reputational harm. Um, those are things that you can assure. Ensure now how you put a value on that. You put a value on. You know, what what does it take to reestablish somebody's good name? And that's that's a hard that's a hard. Figure to to determine, um, but you can certainly buy coverage limits. You know, and typically you'll have options on how high you want to go on that, on what it's going to go, what it's going to take to get your name in good graces again. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a hard thing to ensure, especially if it is um, to the point where it's damaging photographs. Um, well, if, I, know, could, that's, that's if I could give you, on.
0: if I could give you a scenario. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm sure we'll get emails going. I can't believe you said this on, on air, Dave, but let's just go for
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the spirit.
0: I like this. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm thinking of one particular boat owner that I know. Very nice chap, Anyway, I, 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 we'll, we'll go into that. But um, uh, let's say you have a scenario where, and I'm sure this never happens, <laughs> where a boat owner comes back to the boat, say with um, a, a young lady uh, uh, and the, she's engaged for uh, uh, it's a financial arrangement and he yeah does whatever and, and uh, photographs are taken whatever, somebody hacks into his computer, they retrieve evidence of this clandestine night that he's had and from that the person ends up in a divorce situation and he ends up losing half of his estate that he has to give to his now ex-wife as part of a settlement, which could run into hundreds of millions. In, in this industry, you know, those are reasonable figures. Uh, can you be insured against that kind of thing?
1: I love that question. I, I would love to learn more on that because that is a, a great example of how personal injury can become, you know, just life damaging, yeah. and it can completely change the course of your life. Um, so when you're looking at what's the loss here, the loss is my reputation. The loss is assets. Certainly, you can find ways to ensure and family as well. And family. Yeah, range. and so there is there's going to be an opportunity there, and you know. Celebrities or extremely rich folks or high-profile people fall into a category of all their own, and um, there is coverage to protect against that financial loss. Uh, obviously, it's it's hard to repair your name once it's out in the open. You know, there's no amount of insurance that that can repair uh, Harvey Weinstein's name, right? But that being said, you know, you are going to take on a, a large amount of responsibility financially to settle all that situation and that's really where the insurance can come as a result of that hack or of that leak the financial responsibility you have to pay off against litigation or lawsuits or or you know expense to your ex-wife you can buy limits for those types of things they just have to be identified um, within the uh, you know within the coverage availability for high profile people
0: i guess you've
1: got a lot of carriers that aren't going to
0: I guess you've got to explain okay. to your wife why you're taking that coverage out as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no. I What's mean, this it, on the policy, no, no, no. I mean. honey? <laughs> no, it's, it's uh,
1: fortunately for a, lot of, for a lot of folks not written in that kind of simple English. Uh, uh, but it's uh, it can be identified as personal injury. Uh, but, you know, when, when you're writing a policy in the 10s, 20s, hundred million of dollars of coverage, you're gonna get covered. You're gonna get questions from underwriting on the profile of that person, the expectations of the of the situations they could potentially be in, so that if there is a, a, a potential loss for something like that, you address it in in that personal injury side because that, you know, you, that's that's an important aspect of But you want to protect that person's name. Hey,
0: you you mentioned as much Harvey, as you can. You, you mentioned Harvey Weinstein. I, I have to say, Je- Jeff Bezos became my absolute hero. Uh, when faced with uh, an attempted extortion by uh, National Enquirer magazine, do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about?
1: I, I, I can't. I vaguely remember the story. I'm trying to remember the details. Uh, the, the National Bar,
0: Enquirer tried to extort from uh, Jeff Bezu, who's the the richest ma- man on the globe. Uh, mm-hmm. That they claimed they had embarrassing information. I think he'd gone through, or was going through, um, a divorce with his now ex-wife. They, they 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 tried to get him to suppress an article that was coming out in the Washington Post. I think I have my facts right here, and he owns the Washington Post. And so he received a communication from the National Enquirer saying, I think the the owner's name was Pecker. Of all names, and they—they um, they, <laughs> they basically tried to uh, force Jeff into suppressing this article, and in return for which they wouldn't release this information. And so, faced with you know, thinking, "Here's the richest man in the world; we've got really embarrassing information on you that uh, would weigh heavily in your divorce proceedings. And if you don't do what we say, then we will release this information." and he mm. took out um, the front page on national mag- uh, newspaper and basically laid out, this is what they're threatening me with, this is what I've done, and uh, yes, this is gonna be embarrassing, but there's no way I'm gonna be blackmailed by these people. And he just came out <laughs> with it and completely disarmed their their attempt to extort him and uh, to me he, he turned oh, yeah. Trans- into Rambo that day <laughs> sometimes transparency is the best policy mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but not uh, everybody can was, take that path. that's pretty cool
1: but not everybody can take that chance no. yeah that's uh, but reputational harm that all falls under that and that is something that is that I'm starting to see in insurance clauses of policies is that opportunity to to procure coverage for your reputation and um, it, it goes a lot deeper than than I can explain it in this segment but it's, um, it's certainly becoming more available because they're recognizing the direct effects uh, that a hack can have, not just a business interruption, but to a, a business owner. Um, and there's even coverage now that, that you can write for if anybody's personal check-in account gets hacked into. Like say it's one thing if you get into a, uh, maybe a super yacht wire transfer, but let's say one of the senior... Uh, Executives or officers is on board, and their personal information or personal banking information gets tapped into, and they lose money on that side. Um, There's coverage for that too.
0: In order to to get coverage, and in in order to, uh, I suppose, have insurance, I'm going to presume I'm asking the question, but would the again I'm thinking super yacht here, but Obviously, this applies uh, outside of the super yacht industry. Does the insured party need to take proper steps in, uh, and demonstrably take proper steps to secure their data in order for their insurance to be solid? Yeah, because yeah, if
1: I. The easy answer to that is no. <coughs> um, there is, and part of the cyber strategy, you know, what. I think is really important right now, aside from writing insurance, because insurance is is, is, the, is the catch-all when the loss does occur. Having a, a preventative and diligent plan in place really not only puts you in a better spot for compliance, it also is uh, championed by an insurance carrier. So the more you're doing to prevent things from happening, probably the better – over time, I think what you're going to see is a better rate – offering you know we're, in a, we're, in a, we're getting to be into a competitive market now um you know cyber insurance is becoming easier to obtain now not every not not, not every two policies are the same so you nearly uh, it helps to have somebody who understands what they're looking at to go through it but the marketplace is growing so competitions out there the prices are starting to come down on it and that being said um you know knowing what is available and knowing where to, to purchase it um, are all important factors, um, but that's, you know, it's it's just a matter of um, understanding the different formats and the different forms each policy offers.
0: So a, a bit like, um, I suppose, a, a driving, a car driving policy. In Ireland, if you're taking out a, 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 a insurance, it's probably the same in many countries, but if you tell the insurance company, uh, I don't drink, for example, that will, you know, I, I, that'll bring down your, your, your cost of your policy. If you've no priors, that will bring down your... So, same with cybersecurity. If you can demonstrate, well, we have these cyber firewalls put in place, we have this policy put in place with our crew, and we take these steps to mitigate being hacked or being um, intruded on, then these things will reflect, presumably, in your in your policy price.
1: You're going to see that. I don't see that so much right now. I think you're probably right now and, you know, let's say in the coming year or two years, you're going to see having to be more compliant based on uh, marine regulations than you will from an insurance side. Insurance side, really what they what I find they're most concerned about on the front end when getting a, po- a cyber policy is if you had any prior losses. They want to know if you've been vulnerable in the past uh, to attack or been attacked otherwise you don't need a whole lot of information right now to get a cyber quote right or cyber policy um, but when you look at like things like parametric insurance which you pay for what you need or you pay based on
0: sorry, par- par- pay based metric. on
1: your history yeah kind of like it's you're buying coverage for just the things you need I, I kind of see that happening in cyber insurance down the road however I'm sorry the, the other point I was trying to get to I was thinking is you're, I think, once we start, once yacht owners start to uh, exhibit how well or how much compliance they're showing and the measures they're taking to put a good plan in place, I can see that having a sliding scale, um, and and then the rates you pay. It seems logical that they're going to reward, much like if you wear a Fitbit and get your health uh, information monitored, uh, or and then the health insurance provider can right. see that you are exercising I saw you could potentially that, get a better health insurance I, rate I,
0: I saw that with the teachers in was it kentucky where to get health insurance they were being asked or told that they had to wear fitbit watches that would monitor their exercise and activity mm-hmm. otherwise they wouldn't get insurance is that for real
1: i believe it yeah I, i've heard lots of stories like that where you know that's going to be kind of the trend i think in insurance uh not just health insurance but even car insurance or and what i'm hoping cyber insurance you know if i can find ways to create a good a good plan yeah that's that's exactly it you know you want you want to pay a, a cheaper premium keep yourself in good shape and that's that's kind of the motto or the mantra they're, they're working off of and that's uh It's you know we're giving up a lot of privacy to get more privacy. It's a
0: little bit Orwellian. Um, Um, I don't know if you've read George Orwell, but that's um, that's one step away from implanting a chip in everybody to monitor these things and and send it out there.
1: Well, you know this is this is this is a topic for another day. But uh, I don't know if you follow any of China's cybersecurity measures, but they. They now have apps in place that they've already uh, implemented that they can tell the financial stability or debt another person has next to them. Like you can, they can identify your facial recognition and they can tell you if they're a good standing citizen or if they have debts they owe. And then you can, uh, you can implore them to pay off their debt via this app. (laughs) It is, uh, you I don't know if you have Chinese listeners in China, but uh, I tell you, it's that—that uh, that is one of the scariest things I've heard in a long time.
0: So you could be in the supermarket, take a picture of the guy standing next to you, and next thing you know, his debt level—that he yeah. owes his rent and he hasn't paid his electricity—and mm-hmm.
1: or maybe he's behind on his credit card payments, or uh, I mean. I mean that 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 kind it of is. society is not one I want to be a part of because I just imagine. Can you imagine the amount of judgment that'll take place uh, with that kind of uh, good God, yes? Information at our fingertips.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's
1: that's a scary place.
0: That's so wrong on, on so many different levels. <laughs>
1: plus that's the kind it, of things that are going on in a dark web. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, you'd never get a date. You know, you go out to meet a girl and she's. Going on this app, going okay. Yeah, uh, well, you're yeah, no, you're you're in too much debt. I'll I'll make my own way home. Um, I think you
1: might we might start seeing a lot of folks wearing scarves over their faces. <laughs>
0: That's been outlawed here.
1: Remove the facial recognition element. <laughs> uh, but anyway, not to go off on a tangent. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's different levels of um, that recognition, but yeah, I think like, like I said, in the next couple of years, you're going to see a push for compliance. Just from maritime regulations. You know, I know the maritime industry has a couple years to become compliant um, uh, with certain uh, um, factors of cyber compliance. Um, I'm sure it's going to be spread out to the yacht community. But yeah, insurance, it, it, insurance is evolving. Cyber insurance is evolving. And I think, um, I, I mean, I feel like, and I'm, I'm going to push for this, is, is that the more prepared you are um, and, the, and the more educated you are in cyber and your staff's educated on cyber. Uh, the better insurance policy and price points you can get, uh, because I my, my intention is to just just keep educating and trying to get everyone up to speed on best best practices to get in a good place okay. for for being a resilient super yacht.
0: You know, uh, uh, do you, do you see an uptake in the market of, of more companies, uh, uh, more in the in the yachting sector, looking towards insuring themselves against mm-hmm. cyber attacks or? Still I still see
1: a lot of resistance. No, I still see a lot of resistance. Um, I have a, f- I have, I've seen definitely an uptick, but not a significant uptick. Not, not nearly as much concern as I feel like there should be. And I mean, no, I'm biased, obviously, but, um, no, well, I, but no, it's right now it's what it's got to be the number one insurance. I would say the number one threat to insurance is cyber attacks. You know, regardless of yeah. what anybody else might say, that is the biggest, uh, potentially harming, wide-scale harm that can occur at any given moment.
0: About, about a year ago, yeah, it would be over a year ago, I was at a, a yacht show in, I think it was over in France, I think it might have been the Monaco show, and I, I got talking with, uh, a, 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 was it a company? I think it was. It was a very small company, very uh, fledging. But I, I was speaking with a, a chap who was selling cyber security uh, solutions, uh, he said about military grade. <laughs> and um, ah. I, I asked him, I said, look, just, just between you and me, it uh, go, goes no further, you know, I'll, I'll never quote you on this, is there actually a problem out there amongst boats? Because um, I've been in the industry for 15 years And before I did the radio, which I've been doing that for two years, uh, I was doing network and satellite systems. And I've never come across a boat who told me, oh, we got hacked, or can you put in a firewall? Nobody's ever said it. And a chap I spoke to said yes and no. He said, yes, we know there are boats that are being hacked on a daily basis. However, they're not reporting it because of the reputational damage that it might do, they're, they're staying quiet about it. So they, they get hacked, they update their, their virus software, and they hope it doesn't happen again. Is that one of the problems, that because not enough boats are reporting incidents of being hacked, it's not seeming to be such a, 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 a big problem yeah, because if you don't hear about it, it's not happening. Therefore, why should I go out and insure myself or even mitigate yeah. against it?
1: And you're right. I've, you know, you look at it from perspective, I think, in a lot of businesses, and we'll I'm going to say Super Yacht, one of those, where you're at a point of complacency. You know it exists. You haven't seen it directly. It kind of, you know, and, I, and I hate to use these horrible examples, but it's kind of like cancer or, or like terrorism. You know terrorist attacks happen. Maybe you haven't been up close to one, but you're complacent because you may think it's never going to happen to me. Or it's never going to happen in my neighborhood, or my city. Um, and then it does because it's going to happen at some point. It, it happens so much, so often in every particular, you know, sector mm-hmm. that it's just it's it's a. If we're not hearing about it now, eventually people are going to start talking about how they were attacked. Um, eventually, that information is going to come out. Eventually, the response. We shall wish we would have done more Um, You know, we're at the point of complacency We don't think maybe it's not likely to happen to us. It hasn't never happened before to us But I think once we hit that curve and we get out of the complacency and it starts happening It's gonna start feeling like, you know, like kind of like cancer suddenly. I know at least
0: I wish I'd stop people who have
1: cancer Um, Yeah, Um, so it's um, It's getting comfortable in that complacency. That's scary so why not start doing some things now while still in the complacent period so that at least you're more aware of how to, you know, prepare for it or at least react to it because reaction is just as important as prevention um, and, and not get caught with your, you know, blindfolded later on. But um, yeah, it's, you know, I think it's it's a very valid point. You know, I think we're complacent because we just don't see it much, but that's, it's coming because it's... Uh, why wouldn't it? It's everywhere else, you know. Uh, we all we all use technology.
0: We all do. <laughs> we right? all use
1: that thirty-year-old web. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday, And, and you know, to super yacht owners, super yacht, mega yacht owners are are high-profile, you know, wealthy people. So they're gonna they're gonna be targets, um, and that's just a, a matter of time. I
0: feel. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a, an eighty million dollar plus, in many cases, asset floating around. Uh, w- mm. which in famous people are it's um, it's a big white target. What a
1: fun boat that would be to sink, yeah, what a fun boat that could yeah. be to sink on cool. the wrong eyes,
0: you know I, I saw um, I, I don't know if this, this falls under the umbrella uh, there's some gentleman from the university in I think in Austin Texas, came down to uh, the south of France one year onto a, a yacht called the White Rose of Drax <laughs> and uh, they were demonstrating GPS spoofing. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- what they had was a, a, a small unit, and basically the way it would work is uh, somebody wanting to spoof the GPS system on a boat, they would you know, sit back maybe 10 nautical miles, or you know, not over the horizon, but within line of sight, and they could send out a, a fictitious GPS signal oh that the boat would think was a genuine and it would steer the boat off course. Mm-hmm. And the, the result being that the boat would go off course possibly to pirates laying in wait. The boat itself would think it's on course and in a position where it believes it is. But the boat would actually be maybe 100 kilometers um, off the point it should be. An attack w- would start to happen. They would call for help and the people coming to help them of course would go to the wrong place because the Latin long that they've given the IAS um, transponder would be broadcasting what it believed to be the correct place, but the boat was physically in the wrong place. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about moving the boat off position or are you talking about actually hacking the ship's systems and doing that and guiding it off through the internet?
1: Yeah well that's 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 just that's one that's one great example. Um, you know, that's it's not just spoofing or navigational direction. Um, you know, operations to the to the engine and the systems that run the boat um, can be malfunctioned or, or shut down completely, to where you might be, you know, stuck. Um, you know, who knows where? Uh, but back. yeah, spoofing's a, a, a dangerous product. I mean, I mean, a dangerous result of, of spoofing is you know, not just pirating, but it, it could run you right into land or you know something that could. Um, damage or sink the boat. So um, yeah, that's one side of it. But the operational technology um, of you know, the operational system of the boat, or the actual uh, or the actual you know engine manufacturing technology our systems of the boat can, can be shut down and uh, you know render you useless or uh, uh, help helpless. You know, sorry. Yeah, forward, no, we had uh,
0: we had Paul Cook on yesterday from Fusion Systems and. Uh, We didn't speak at length about it, but we we did allude to the fact that the internet, for for those who who may not be aware, uh, the internet isn't just plugged into PCs and and the business computers on the bridge or uh, the laptops of the crew, but the engines and the operational systems of a boat are also hooked into the internet so that they can get remote support from technical people on land, so that the... Say the, en- the companies that manufacture the engines, manufacture the engines, can also monitor the performance of the engines, and if needs be, make adjustments remotely to to keep them going as, you know, as optimally as possible. And so, what you're saying is that uh, you've got the potential there for hackers not only to be looking to get bank transfers or Pfizer attacks or those kind of things, but actually hack into your systems. And your operational systems of the boat either shutting them down or steering you off course or causing some other mayhem, which could result in the loss of your asset or at worst, people's uh, lives.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's that's exactly right. You know, you have they have an opportunity and let's say, you know, if they identify a certain celebrity or high profile persons on that boat, um, they may have more incentive to. Try, you know, it's not always about money when it comes to malicious cyber attacks. And, you know, if they know, if they're aware that your system, your Internet service or your connection or your connectivity includes a third party on land, like a, a, an engine company, you know, they might be able to get through an email through that engine company on land that gets directly into your system on the yacht. Um, so it all branches out in a really uh Um, precarious way sometimes on on who's you know who's compliant who's not compliant who's protected who's not just because my crew isn't clicking on something it doesn't mean the guy on land's not clicking on something and you know all that can be included within a diligent you know ongoing protocol to check these things to monitor these things to see to make sure that you know you have all your bases covered that you're Attention to all the branches and not just the ones you think are are, are, are vulnerable. Cool. Um,
0: For, from an insurance perspective, uh, and um, uh, I don't expect you to to know an answer on this one, but I'm just going to throw it out. From an insurance perspective, let, let's let's imagine uh, ABC engine company. I'm hoping there's no engine company called ABC out there, otherwise I might be open to litigation here. Um, let's say ABC engine company, uh, have a remote access to the engines of a boat. And ABC or non-compliant company and they, they haven't really done any firewalling and they're a little bit loose and a little bit hairy. And the boat has taken out an insurance policy against cyber attack in whatever facet it, it, it would manifest. And let's imagine that a... A hacker tunnels into ABC's head office in, let's say the Galapagos, because I'm pretty confident there's no engine companies based in the Galapagos. Let's say they get into the head office, and darn it, my luck, there probably will be. Uh, Let's say they get into the the head office in the Galapagos and through uh, email or whatever, manage to ferret the way onto your boat through the internet connection and they throw it off course, and they run you into rocks and there's uh, no loss of life, thankfully, but the the $80 million boat is, uh, is damaged beyond repair, sunk it's a write-off would the insurance, I mean the, the boat's uh, covered for this so the insurance company sorts them out, but would the insurance company then look to ABC company and say, well because of your non-compliance because of you not having safeguards in place, uh, we hold you, in some level, responsible for what's happened here. Can, can responsibility go that way?
1: Certainly can. Um, in fact, you know the thing with insurance claims is they're never black and white on any potential scenario of what would develop and how my, my best uh, assessment on that kind of situation is the insurance company would pay the claim Based on the fact that they have a policy liability policy in place for a cyber attack, and that's exactly what happened However, once that claim is paid um, It's very likely that team of attorneys for that cyber company will come back and, and subrogate against VC uh, For instance because of their responsibility in that situation um, and one thing you see in more and more with compliance you know we I'm, I'm working with uh, compliance here in our own agency with recognizing your third party vendors you know who are the folks you do who have access to your information who use your personal information for for business purposes Um, and how much do you trust that relationship you know what are that what are those third parties doing to to be protected to be resilient against cyber attacks and you know that begs the question and it could like an example you gave you know, do I want to continue to do business with ABC and you know, engine because they're not doing anything to make me feel comfortable that they're protecting themselves as much as possible when it comes to our
0: connectivity? Yeah, because they're you're looking at possible points of ingress, and and that would certainly be one. hmm
1: And it's you know, that's the interesting thing about cyber or hackers and just compliance period is we're now going to have to peel away at layers. Of years of doing business with certain th- certain companies or carriers, to see okay, yes, we like you and we're comfortable with you, but do you have our our computer and Wi-Fi and personal information best interest at heart, or are you kind of blind to what's happening? And that's uh, could potentially put us in a very bad situation if we allow it to continue this way. So it's it could be um, it could be a, tal- a real challenge, but it's it's. It's necessary. That's, just, that's that's where we are now. That's, why, that's, how we, that's how we live in this 2019.
0: This wonderful world of ours that we made. <laughs> so, uh, Thanks to the internet. 30 uh, years of internet. I have to admit, I, I never thought I'd ever, ever have these words come from my mouth, but I've never found insurance so interesting.
1: That's the best compliment I could receive. But thank you. <laughs> might
0: be the first to ever say that. Well, my, my, my best friend for many years uh, used to be in the insurance world. And I remember when we were younger and unmarried and, and living the life of. Uh, won't go there. But I remember being out with him in <laughs> Dublin one night and we met some girls in a bar. He, he, he had realized that opening a conversation with young ladies when they ask, what do you do? And he would have to say, I, I sell insurance. He figured it was just the death knell of any potential relationship. Mm-hmm. And so much so that one night we were in a bar and he introduced himself and the girl said, oh, what do you do for a living? And he said, I make twine. <laughs> and I said, sorry, I make twine. What do you mean? I I, I twist you know, the twine and, and the twist in it, that's what I do all day. I twist twine. And actually, it led to a very good conversation. But that was his feeling on insurance, and he was an insurance guy. <laughs> yeah. and, that's uh, fantastic. I, I don't think you ever have to tell people you twist twine for a living. That's um, it's a very interesting conversation. <laughs> well, it's,
1: it's definitely a snoozer topic. But, uh, Not at all. Know, that's, that's part of it that really that's, – that's the part about um, – really being a specialist in cyber insurance and why I've chosen to do that is because I find it just uh continually uh captivating like I I just find it so interesting it's such a an interesting dynamic to figuring it all out and I'm not going to say I'm an expert in cyber because nobody's an expert in cyber um it's, it's just an ongoing threat that's continuing to grow and take on new faces but
0: well, you should do some classes. That's what
1: keeps on, me passionate is trying you, to.
0: You should go to the dark web and do some classes. Apparently there are tutorials there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they say once you go to the dark web, you never go back to the clean web. Uh, no,
0: it's...
1: Um, but, I, you know, it's... Thank you for saying that. I don't yeah. I don't get that a whole lot in the insurance
0: world. Not at all. It's um, it, it's a fascinating subject. I want to have you back. But, up oh, because no, we're we're hitting the top of yet another hour. I didn't... This is I think the longest interview I've done on air. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's how interesting. I how, many,
1: how many folks how many folks have I put to sleep today?
0: Is <laughs> I'm just looking at our numbers. Wow, I didn't know they could go so low. We've got negative <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> How, you're on, how long you <laughs> are on? You are listening. You were listener vacuum. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> I do suck. <laughs> <laughs> so advice. <coughs> Excuse me. Advice to captains now on the super yachts. Your advice to them would be uh, take steps in uh, in securing your assets and your your data and your systems, but also look at getting adequate insurance policy cover, yeah?
1: Yeah, you need to go, my best advice is to get with somebody that you trust, Um, not only wants to write you an insurance policy with cyber, but knows the process of protecting yourself. I think right now it takes more than just writing an insurance policy. Um, It takes real in-depth review of what your true risks are as a super yacht owner or captain, um, and having a plan in place, and um, it's, it's a comprehensive and it's an ongoing thing. Like I said, it's not a one-time event. It's not, we're going to do this and we're going to be good on cyber. It's going to take a, a plan that involves more than just you or one person, because you have to have that, that team component to do it effectively. You can't rely on one person, one ETO. Carry up all the responsibility of being cyber safe because it's just too much to tackle. Um, so so you say are like uh, um, one thing I've done:
0: ongoing uh, crew meetings to talk about the cyber threat. Right. You might, sure, assign, you
1: might designate one person who makes sure passwords are are updated and and that uh, the uh, you know the firewall updates are handled once a month or every two weeks. You might have another person who works with threat intelligence and learning, you know, communicating with other people on anything that seems suspicious. These don't have to be large roles within any person, but there needs to be delegated roles so uh, that there's accountability for being diligent. Because it's hard to be diligent, especially if you're by yourself. And also you're just doing and taking on the
0: task. Just one other thing that I'll throw into the pot when, um, when bringing new crew on board. Check their computers. Don't just ask them. Check yeah. their computers to make sure they got virus protection on there. A lot of crew uh, I've seen on boats have zero virus protection or have downloaded something that really is totally inadequate for the job. So, you know, if there's yeah. any anything being plugged in, e- even for owners and guests, make sure they have uh, adequate virus protection because they can be bringing something on board. The Mary. And owners, you know, I
1: think part of that. That's, yeah, absolutely. And I think part of that. Change in that culture is if you you have to come forward and, and be transparent. You have to say, okay, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be looking a little bit deeper into privacy with each person on board here. But it's it it it, it helps mitigate the large number of risks that we have. It helps offset and bring bring to light things we should be paying attention to, not to delve into too much private information. To know that okay, this is what you this is the sites you go to, and these are the things that you do on a regular basis. These are things that you might click on. It's not to punish; it's to be aware and and, and, to, and to to monitor that. Monitoring is is, is a very significant, and you can buy you know military grade equipment to monitor threats, mm-hmm. which which are very useful. Um, but you have to have a plan in place, plan planning and 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 making sure what to do, how to, how, to, how to acknowledge a threat, what to do if it gets through, and how to react to it. How do you respond to that? Who do you notify? All those things play a big part, and not only slowing it down, or trying to grind it to a halt, but to, to get out as best you can in that situation. Um, but it's all, you know, to me it's, I, I call myself a cyber risk navigator, that's kind of my, my, my nickname for myself, because I think it's not just about one particular component, it's about all these moving parts, So I did put up uh, just this week. I put up a super yacht cyber guide, uh, which is just kind of like I'm going to continue to put content up there to try to educate, try to help people, you know, answer folks' questions, um, just so that you can get a better understanding of hey, maybe I'm here. Where do we need to go from here? So um, yeah, it's it's, it's, I want to make it a valuable resource for just trying to make this a more simple concept to understand and not this big dark. Uh, world that you can't, uh, you know, grab a hold of.
0: Well, maybe that's something we can put up on our site—a uh, link to it, so that
1: uh, okay. people can go there. Yeah, um, yeah it's superyachtcyberguide.com. Well, I, c- I can send it over
0: to you. I'll, I'll try to remember that one. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Cyber risk insurance specialist. And, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, the, just to put it in plain language. Um, A lot of what I I take away from this as well is uh, to educate your crew and use them as a line of defense as well. Don't just rely on technology or firewalls or military-grade this or that, but by educating your crew Mm -hmm. in in what to look for, to check emails that they're receiving to make sure that it's actually from the person that that they believe it to be from. And um, just just to... uh, yeah, to educate and, and and be part of the cyber defense plan,
1: right? And the learning curve initially will probably be will be sharp, but you know, at, at some point, that's going to become a new culture, and you're just going to you're not going to think twice about the kind of information you're sending and taking in. Um, and but we all need that, regardless of whether regardless we're on a super yacht or not. We need to be aware of of what we're sharing, how we're sharing it, and who who has access to it, and That's just you know. That's just part of of evolving as as humans. (laughs) We're we're the weakest link, so we have to figure out how to shore that up.
0: Yeah, my wife calls me the weakest link quite often. (laughs) I'm not sure if she's talking about cybersecurity, though.
1: (laughs) Right, that was my next question.
0: (laughs) Mm, There's a topic for the dinner table tonight, Um, (laughs) Joe. If somebody wants to get in contact with you to uh, to talk further about insurance and, and uh, this area. Uh, how else the best way to do that?
1: Um, right now would be that website I just mentioned. Uh, I have a direct contact form there. If you have questions on cyber or insurance, it's the superyardcyberguide.com. Um I also do a lot of uh, networking on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, both of those handles are at joehalyard.com. I N S. So add Joe Hollier H O L L I E R I N S for both Twitter and LinkedIn.
0: Okay, we'll we'll put links to that because I think that's how we we first got to know of you uh, through social media, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you contributed an awful lot of really good information about cybersecurity and and what's going out in the world. Awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll put that together, and hopefully you'll come back and spend another entire day with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds great. I'll pack. For lunch next time, but i would
0: be honored. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I, and I'll make sure I have a flask of hot tea and not sipping a, a cold <laughs> cup, which which really is quite nasty. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, nothing, nothing comforting about cold tea.
0: No, no, nothing at all. Um, it is the things I do for the show. It's <laughs> unbelievable.
1: It's been a great pleasure to be here, Dave. I appreciate you and me having me on.
0: No, it's it's been it's been our pleasure, and um, we will definitely bring you back on and hopefully talk more about this subject it's it's an incredible subject yeah i think nothing more to be said for the moment joe hollier uh, cyber let me get this right cyber security insurance specialist <laughs> yeah
1: bingo Close I enough. love it close enough i'll take it I, i'll take I, it i wish Thanks, i, Dave. I, wish I had out. a
0: title like that <laughs>
1: You. I need to abbreviate that. <laughs> yep. uh, thank you so much. You guys stay well. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon.
0: Thank you, my friend. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. It's right. top of the hour. Time for the news.